Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Allison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. My guest today is the band Dogstar. Yes, this is Keanu Reeves' band. He plays bass. Brett Domrose is on lead vocals and guitar with Rob Melhouse on drums. I also wanted to note that we recorded this interview prior to the current strike. We talk all about why reuniting now was the right time for new music and a tour, the band's musical influences, what it was like to open for David Bowie, how not one, but two of the band's members were in the movie Speed. And most importantly, we also talk all about Keanu's love of cereal. And stay tuned after the show for my sound advice. New music you need to know. It all starts now. Well, guys, congratulations on the next era of Dogstar. Thank yes. you. And I feel Thank very you. grateful because I was at the Bottle Rock show, your first show in 20 years, and it was awesome. How, oh, did, it, wow. how did it feel? Oh, they were really nice to us. It was a, it was a special day, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the promoters were awesome. Fans, or not fans, but the audience yeah. was awesome. The weather was, it was good. It was, the weather, the weather was, was good. Magical, actually, you know, I was very overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and that was just because it was our first show in so long, and it, and we jumped into the deep end. Yeah. Um. So I was personally like, ooh, but it kind of after the third song, you know, we felt the love of everything, and you know, it's hard for anything to be bad in Napa Valley. It's true. <laughs> I mean, you're already ahead of the game. When you're, <laughs> you're like, wow. And you're looking around, there's like vineyards and everyone was happy and the weather was good. And the, like kind of was saying, the sound was good. The promoters were great. We had our, our old tour manager, T-Rod, with us doing the sound and our friends were there. And it, it just, yeah, there was something um, about it that just seemed to be really relaxing. And, yeah. Uh, and then until we walked on stage and saw all those people, they were like, ah. <laughs> Everyone was very excited. I mean, it was such a great response. And you're right. Bottle Rock is the best festival because it's literally there's like a culinary stage. You know, I mean. Can't all festivals I know, be like that? It's like an unfestival. We had paella for breakfast. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what amazing. to eat because, you know, it's hard to eat. And it's like, you know, you're an, if you're an athlete, you don't like eat before the right, game. Of course. Or you do. You got to eat something. You'll yeah. pass out. So I'm thinking. We got there, and my, my wife's like, "They have vet, they have paella," and I was like, "What time is and it?" And vegan what time options is it? as well. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "We have about three hours." Nothing speaks. We were speaks like trying to, to rock like paella. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I mean, we're learning this now. It is, yeah. And then the, the, the pizza, the thing. The it was run, amazing. The band, the, 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 yeah, Plus it was, the dog star return. I mean, it was just an epic day, like you said. And as a fan, we felt it. It was very, very magical. And, and you can tell. I love watching your your Instagram posts. Like you could tell how psyched you guys were as well to be there. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful bond. Yeah, and we were playing our new music. Yes. You know? So we were, you know, it was really special for us. And yeah, it's cool to enter back into the world like that. Yes. And that's what's so exciting. That's not just new shows. You have not you have a new album that you have been working on and you just announced will be coming later this year. So amazing. Now this is your third studio album. Yes. And it's been about 23 years, Happy Ending came out in 2000. So it's been a minute. And uh, we're very excited. I'd love to hear more about the album. Wow. Okay. So how do we... Why was now the time? Like, why did now make sense? You know, we've been getting together through those years, even starting as far back as... I mean, I remember getting together. For those of you who don't know, we broke up for 20 years. (laughs) Just in case. Simple background. We did, but we kind of didn't. Like, we we were always at the house sort of woodshedding around. I mean, 2011, 2000, I think 2011, 2010. And then a little bit in 2015. That's 10 years ago, Isn't that 15 weird? years ago. I know, that's crazy, crazy right? It's but crazy. we never left the basement. I and mean, we just would come around once in a while. And then, you know, and then, you know, Brett moved to San Francisco and things started happening. And then all of a sudden we just had after, co- I think it was the break, you know, it was mm-hmm. COVID where everyone had sort of took a deep dive on their lives. And something magical m- might've happened, you know, being in that sort of isolation where you really, the world sort of, sort of stops and. You look at all the things that you miss or, you know, things that you love. And yeah. and that was clearly one, one of them. And 
and we just decided, you know, at the tail end of that to get together and, you know, let's just try something different. And that something different was Brett was going to come down and basically live with me and, and for a couple of weeks and we'd just see if we could write. So we did like eight or nine, 10 hours a day. Wow. And I, I was like, Brett always says, like some of these songs, I don't even know how we came up with them. They sort of, I don't want to say they wrote, wrote themselves, themselves, but yeah. but it is sort of looking back on it. I, I, I don't, it was sort of a, one of those magical things in, at the house, you know, Keanu would come in with ideas and he would, Brett would take them and turn choruses and layers wow. and, and beats would come. And I, it was just one of those things we just settled in for two weeks. Wow. The planets were aligned. It was yeah. like one, it was like a silver lining situation. You guys were like forced to be in one place and reconnect and put everything in perspective and have your love of music it was, shine through. It was concentrated. Yes. You know? yes. The, the whole experience was, you know, me living with Rob and, you know, I think spooning. Make, 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 <laughs> make, <laughs> there was some make the best use of time, you know, <laughs> while Brett's in town kind of, that I think really helped the, the process where we were, you know, self-imposed. Uh, full-time employees at that point. Right. I think, down yeah, but that end. came with the idea of like, let's try and write. Let's make a record. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it was like getting together. You know, I think it was like, let's play shows. But then it was, don't you feel like it was, we kind of like declared, we put a flag down and said, okay, let's write music to make a record, right? Yeah, and I think we we flirted with the idea of trying to come up with some riffs. The yeah, beginning-ish of COVID of or something. Yeah. Remember I was... Like not wanting to come out of my house, and it was talk of like, let's see if we can. But it took a little while after that. Even yeah, we did that actually took... a couple of years before. Yeah, it was like 2018, 2019. Was it? Yeah, 2019. I can't quite remember when it was. But this I, was a long time I coming. I remember yeah. it was like during COVID though. But anyway, see these you are know, the effects of long COVID. We went to Nightingales <laughs> way before. Yeah. When we went to Nightingales, that was like 2019. Uh, you know what? You might be right. I'll, I have it on the phone. But uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's been a long time coming, and yes. like Rob said, we've been getting together on and off over the years, little bits here and there, but never really any end game in mind, other than let's just hang out and see what you know, you just have fun, plug yeah. in and, and play. And then this time we made the effort of like let's make a record and or let's let's see if we can make a record right like let's take it one step at a time and and then i always think it was like a i keep saying supernatural because the way the songs came not to be dramatic but it was just like rob said they just came flying in through the window and we were like and we were smart enough to record everything that's so smart yeah Yeah. and that's the thing i would have never remembered to capture that magic it's like the planets aligning it's like cosmic it's like let's just record this and i love that you said that this album really uh, captures like the, the terroir of Silver Lake. I love yeah, that. Yeah, Robert lives in Silver Lake and it's he's got a wonderful little jam space connected to his house. And we really did take in, you know, the air, the light and the place. And we would kind of... The wine. No, yeah. <laughs> we would play and then just yeah. kind of, we would, we would kind of go off of, well, what are we feeling now? Right, so mm-hmm. let's write something a little upbeat, and then we would go in and we'd come back and be like, "Well, let's rock, let's do a little rocking." So it was very kind of in the place, in our mood, listening to each other, listening to nature, ah, and then making music. And also like a kind of a weird conscious effort to sort of do things that the three of us really liked. You know, I think we look, you know, looking backwards, and you look at the, I, I think. For me, anyway, I was so still learning so much just about my instrument, you know, because I'm mostly a piano player. I started yeah. out so drums. I was came to drums late in life, so I spent a lot of years trying to to learn. Oh, I'm still learning. Like you never right. really end. Like, but but I think so. This time around, I think we really made an effort to to sort of tip our hat to the things that we love that are sort of inside of us. I mean, we might have done that in the past too, but I think this time we really, you know, we were. I, I think it was a little bit. You know, when time passes, you look back and you listen to the music and then you, you figure out, ah, I wish, you know, you want to record a certain sound or a certain tone or a yeah, certain genre that you that mm-hmm. is in you. And and I think this came really came out in, in this particular record. And I think having Dave Trumfio yes. helping us was really instrumental in that because he he's such a great, he's a so producer. Great. He's such a great producer. Yeah, and a producer and Ruddy Lee colors as an engineer, his partner. And, mm-hmm. and he really helped all of us, all three of us. I mean, he, especially Brett, like all, the, there's so much work 
guitar, beautiful guitar work on the record. And that's all Brett. I mean, but, but the Dave sort of just having him play all these things and executing them. And then he used to call it fairy dust. It's like, here's the main track. Clearly, if you're going to play it acoustic, and then here's the fairy dust, and and that's stuff that Brett came up with with Dave, and or actually Brett came up with, you know, it's his mm-hmm. stuff. But Dave sort of encouraged to do that, and then it has a much more textual yeah. recording than we might we might have done before, which is fine. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with a Ramones record, but this is a little bit different, and I love it because it really stretches. It really stretched us um, a bit. And it just sounds good. It sounds so good. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Just Dave, like he really understood like the, you know, there's three of us and he understood the, the, how to layer a record. And I think a lot of his records sound like that, but he, yeah, when you have the right us. producer, they can sometimes become like the fourth band member. They're such an important part of the recording process. And for those of you not familiar, Dave's worked with Wilco and Bill to Spill. I actually worked with Dave when I was doing A&R at Sony with a band called Elkland in 2005. So I've worked with Dave personally. He's awesome. He says hi, by the way. I told him we were going to oh, be hanging out today. Nice. Um, <laughs> but I'm so glad that you Thank guys you, connected Dave. because I think you're right. He, he, you guys have your own sonic stamp on this album, which is really exciting. I just listened to the album yesterday for the first time in about six or eight weeks because we've been playing live so much. And then so having gone from live version, go it's back to the, it's, it's even more incredible to hear the production. Yeah. Be like, wow, this is a really fat, huge album. Like this is, there's a lot going on. I mean, he was, like Rob said, he was just throwing guitars at me. It was like 19 guitar tracks. <laughs> like, What's this? And he went to the studio next door and got Elliot Smith's old guitar and brought it over from and was Rob like, Shaff, yeah. play it's this, so- play it. And I was just like, okay, everything you just, yeah, like Nashville tuning, 12 string, yeah, this, just, uh, this, this kind of amp and that kind of, you know, sound. And not just which guitars, but like, you know, he had, he had, you know, he would think, I don't know if I want to give away his, his techniques, but, <laughs> you know, he had little things that he would do. So he'd try this one thing and, and I'd be like, oh my God, it just yeah. makes it three dimensional. So anyway, yeah, a lot of, a lot of props to him for sure. And he made it super fun too. He and, and Ruddy there, every day it was fun to come to work, you know, like he just knew there was going to be jokes and just goofy fun and and music and, and it just... ties into that whole community about silver lake and glassell park and that whole yeah. northeast side of town you know during during covid you know i was playing music out of my balcony at eight o'clock for the neighbors just we do like a minute or two and then my neighbor ryan Crace heard the music and we're friends and then he's like what do you what's going on with dog star and you know maybe when all this is over you know and he sort of so he introduced us to dave and, and, you know, it's just a neighbor recommending another neighbor who Dave lives up the street. And then it just sort of became this sort of like family of everything happened in a sort of organic sort it's of natural, organic community. Yeah, just around real, the community. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And then we beautiful. recorded in Glassell Park, and, which is very close. And Dave mixed at his home at Silver Lake. And oh. Brett was staying there. He had a place in Silver Lake by the reservoir, which he took oh, a photo. So of this Rowena Reservoir, and, and Brett came up with the title of the record by that. And what, you should explain. Yeah, that. I want to cool. ask you about that. Tell, me, <laughs> tell us about the title, the album title. I'm, I'm trying to remember what came first, the picture or the. <laughs> I think the picture was first, and yeah, because I was I was I was in bed. I was, Ken, I was like, I'm not sure. Can uh, answer that. That's <laughs> all you, Brett. That's all you. My memory now. Just well, that was already a year ago. So um, <laughs> I was hearing a lot of coyotes because that's what's going on over there. The reservoir yeah. was empty at that point. Mm-hmm. So just I guess the coyotes were, were living in there and they had some dens in there. And they were just like, oh, it sounded like hundreds of coyotes at night, every night around nine o'clock. And so I got, I would get up and yeah. I, that's impressive. <laughs> it's like right around sunset. It was like yeah. my cousin Vinny, like you're <laughs> trying to record a record. <laughs> and it's like the train, you know, it, every night you got nailed by yeah, I did, like, yeah, yeah. It was, But it was also like, you know, laying there in bed thinking, well, first of all, not sleeping while the coyotes are going yeah. crazy, but thinking like, wow, this is like a concrete city, but there's mm-hmm. still so much nature happening. So I, my brain was just going like, God, like, where do they live? Like, what are they you know, where do these coyotes go? This is all like apartments and houses and mm-hmm. they creep in and they got a little hiding spot somewhere. And so I went out there and I, it was like sunset and I just, I don't know, I just took a picture. I'm not a big picture person. I'm like, I use the phone as a phone. I'm one of those weird people okay. that like just answers the phone. <laughs> and but, uses uh, the phone and, and actually makes like calls. Yeah. Maybe some texts, <laughs> but I don't usually take pictures, but I, I saw this cool image of from my front yard that just looked like it needed to be photographed and i took it and it ended up being like a cool a picture of palm trees and tons of power lines and the reservoir was empty and somewhere the coyotes are you don't see them in the picture but i'm sure they're nearby 
And it was also like a three layer um, sunset. So like we had like a gray and then a, like a pink and then a blue kind of just the way the sun was cresting or whatever go setting and uh and the moon and there was birds on that i was like wow that's kind of a really cool picture so i sent it to these guys and was like look at this picture i took because i'm so proud of one of my nine pictures that i've ever taken in my life <laughs> and then i would drive to the studio and there's you know super industrial you know area crossing the la river and i kept thinking of uh of like for some reason i kept thinking of like all the palm trees everywhere you look you know there's palm yeah. trees but they're just randomly scattered and, and you start looking at phone poles which were trees at one point but they're man trees now right they're man-made yeah. trees and so <laughs> yeah. but at one point that was a tree now it's just a phone pole but they're like with their little brothers that are palm trees so anyways it just kind of i don't know how exactly somewhere between the pounds of palm trees but it, it just uh kind of seemed like everywhere we went that's there's what was what we were seeing again in silver lake and glass park oh, that's cool it just felt like like that was kind of our, our, our fenced in, you know, Jurassic Park. And we yeah. were in there and they're playing around in the middle of it somehow, you know. Somewhere between the power lines and palm trees. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Look at you, photographer. You didn't even know. Uh, <laughs> I haven't taken a picture since. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let's just like cap it right there. You know what that I do? I, picture. I take pictures of my parking space <laughs> yeah. when I'm in the, you know, in the garage. So I know where my car is. Okay, that's yeah. about the only Not as way. artful. Everything Turns Around is the first single. It's awesome. I've heard it like a hundred times. Uh, tell me about it. It is one of my favorite songs on the album. I mean, going back to the supernatural aspects of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It's a recurring theme. I remember for some reason, I think it was like Kiana said, well, we were at a point where we were like, let's try an upbeat song because we may have just done it a, a slower, you know, more moody song. So we kept trying to keep ourselves interested and flip flop back and forth. And I mean, we had like, all a bunch of stuff that never got used that never became songs. So we were just throwing, we had like some Latin sounding thing at one point and didn't make it for good reason, I guess. But <laughs> um, so yeah, we tried everything and we were just having fun. And I just remember for whatever reason, just putting a capo on the third fret on my guitar, which I didn't consciously think of. I just took it and put it and I didn't think, well, let me try the third fret. I just, my hands just did that. And and just like the sound of that made like a guitar riff, like kind of, oh, I, and then kind of that was that, I think. Mm -hmm. And that one came fast, right? Like that one seemed like it came pretty quick. Yeah. I think that one kind of like, again, sometimes the itself. best songs like, just kind of come out. Yeah. It was weird. It was just like, why did I? And I think back now and I'm like, why did I decide at that moment? I mean, just trying things, you know, you're mm -hmm. just, just putting in hours and experimenting. And, See, capos are your friend. They are now. Oh, yeah. those are capers. I'm capers. sorry. <laughs> capos and capers. I put capers some capers on my guitar yeah. and, and then some salmon. And then we That's came perfect. up with everything turns around. Yeah. Yeah, it really changes the tone of the guitar. Yeah. And, and you're Stacks. playing the same chord formations, but you're, they're sounding so tonally different because they're higher up on the neck. And I always loved songwriter guys like, you know. Elliot uh, Smith has always a capo on the second front. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> you know, Lindsey Buckingham, I believe, mm -hmm. and, and some of the Tom Petty stuff. Um, the kind of the guys that I listened to on the songwriting front yeah. were like always playing with different guitar tunings and different guitar, you know? And so that, I guess just seemed like a good idea at the time. And it, maybe it was a good idea, right? We got a, we got our first single out of it. So it's great. And then I just remember that one rolling out pretty quick. I don't think we struggled too hard on that. What was your lyrical journey? Oh, the lyrics. Oh. Wait, who's interviewing who now? <laughs> Tell us about your lyrical journey. Thank you. What was yes. your lyrical journey? Perfect. Has my you next want question. A cold so. compress? Perfect. Thank That's, you, Keanu. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Here no, no, the bring therapy. it. Bring it. I appreciate that. Lyrical Does this journey, have to Brett? be water? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that song is is self-explanatory. It's just a, a happy you know i mean it's it's weird in a sense that it's written from a dream standpoint where if you're uh not having a great day maybe you're lonely and then at night you know this character that's singing a, he he falls asleep and then he dreams about being with this woman and and, and then when he wakes up it's back to reality mm -hmm. so he looks forward to night where he gets to go to sleep and, and then it's like maybe she does show up in real life you know it's kind of uh and who is this special girl <laughs> better question who's the guy um, <laughs> yeah, who's this guy that the album is go. about that's so, true that it is a metaphorical it could it is a, it could be a metaphorical it's, it's feelings person, yeah. you know mm -hmm. it's it's not people it's it's like uh 
trying to grab those human emotions that and experiences that that me and other people I know have had and and uh, trying to make it interesting. But doesn't that happen yeah. a lot though? When sometimes a writer, you know, you think, oh, they're writing about themselves and their lives, and it turns out, no, it's not. It, it could be, but it's it could just be like a novelist just right. writing about fictitious just inspiration. Characters. Like I learned that from um, from listening to I think it was Bruce Springsteen on the Howard Stern show when. I I always thought that that was his life that, that he was writing about you know racing in the street like that yeah. was his he New Jersey and Bruce is like no. for the most part he's like no, no that's kind of like a dream state of, of my relationship with my dad and and then sort of com- yeah, creating this other sort of thing I mean maybe pieces of it were yeah real, but a lot of it was just just creatively imagined and I think that's cool too because then you have metaphors and you ha- you have different ideas and maybe it's easier also to not everything has to be like personally about yourself but it could be a piece of yourself piece of it, yeah and, and, yeah. and, and it, it resonates with everybody of universally course. too because there's something like in your i think in your songs i that i resonate to as well but you weren't writing about my life but i like, might have been right <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know yeah um, but it's i feel all like, coming out I now like oh you know what i i understand exactly what that is you yeah, know? yeah. it's just to, storytelling it doesn't necessarily need to be your personal story it's just inspired yeah. by a story i think yeah. and as a as a lyricist i think that's what rob just said is exactly what you want is you want everybody to have their own interpretation at least i do okay. I, I don't like things so on the on the nose that it's like this is obviously what this is about you know i mean sometimes yeah but I, I love that he has different interpretations of what he he had his vision of what Bruce Springsteen's song was about, which mm-hmm. wasn't in reality what it was because yeah. Bruce ruined it for you on the Howard Stern <laughs> show, <laughs> took away your childhood. But uh, you know, it's it's cool that that everybody has. And sometimes you meet people and they say, "Oh, I love this song," and and it makes me think of this. And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't even thought of that." So it's yeah. really really special to have everybody take their own. It kind of it also makes have me a appreciate memory, that you know? writer even more. You know like Bruce or anyone that does that because you're like, oh, that's even more creative than I thought you right. were because you're not just writing from experience. You're literally creating a whole nother one. Yeah. You know, and you know, when you listen to classical music, there's no words and right. I, you still have emotions too. And they're not words, but I almost get emotions when I listen to cl- music without words at all, you know, whether it's Ennio Morricone or, you know, Bach or something. You, you have like a, oh, like a feeling for it, you know. You That's just, why you, you can play your songs in different countries and they don't even understand the lyrics. It's not about always what you're saying. It's how you make people feel. Oh, yeah. And that's the power of music. It's just that connection, how it resonates with so many different people on so many different levels. And that's why music is the universal language. It's the only it's one. beautiful. It's the only notation that's universally recognized right. throughout. Something else. We'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Something else in in the way that this was written so quickly. um, I say quickly, what a couple months. But if you added up the hours it took us to write this album, it would it would it wouldn't be that many. I don't think uh, you know compared to how a lot of people probably do it. And I think that we ended up with so many songs so fast, then none of them had lyrics because we were crafting the music first. I would scribble a little bit of ideas here and there as we were going, but for the most part, we were thinking in arrangements and thinking, and should we have a double chorus here or should we have a single chorus or no chorus or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just whatever we were mixing it up. And then I would go back to the Bay Area and I would have all these rough recordings with no, you know, I would, I would fake sing some melody lines yeah. that came to me. And luckily on this record, which makes it way different than all the other ones, Keanu had a lot of temp title ideas. So he was like, I Interesting. like Sunrise for this one. And so it was like his vision of the song already kind of gave me a jump. Without the point. words. Yeah. And so it, really? in, a, in a way, it's kind of like it gave me a launch pad that I wouldn't normally have sometimes. You know, they didn't all have temp titles. Some of them were like the time of day, you know, 515. That's the song title for now, you know. That's you a know, song. <laughs> is it yeah, okay yeah well that's really cool those are just based on hearing the music you would have just like an idea in your mind and what it was called yeah just from the a feeling yeah a feeling and then yeah. the concentrated cool. aspect yeah. of how how many lyrics needed to be written in a short amount of time gave way to i think like Keanu enlightened me that there's kind of a theme it's kind of a, a person's journey you, mm-hmm. you know and i didn't even think about that again supernatural whatever subconscious yeah. is happening and and now that he said it, I look back and go, it does kind of seem like a, a person is, is winding their way through life and experiencing all the highs and lows and the different twists and turns. Yeah. So um, 
I guess that I think that all came partly because of the temp titles and partly because of the hurry up and do this. So they all happen so fast that they're all kind of connected in that way. That's really cool. Yeah, so it's yeah. a cohesive body of work. Can we, can yeah. we just do a group hug right now? I know. I, I'm down for it. I know. Maybe we'll make up like a handshake. I feel like yeah. <laughs> it's a really special record in that way. Yeah. It you know, is. It, if we'd taken time and done this over six months, it would be a completely different. Mm-hmm. Completely. It wouldn't be as cohesive and as, as connected and, you know. It feels like it was like a cosmic experience and it just sort of everything aligned and it just happened. That's pretty special. And there were no drugs involved. <laughs> right. Just for the record. Yeah. This is why I got done. Wait, wait, you just said for the record. For the record. For the record. Wait, Literally. Is, is that a yeah. good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing. No. no I we'll, we'll find out a year from now. <laughs> no judgments, no. guys. No. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that is so... It's such a special record to go again, take two months away and come back and listen to it and love it even more. Oh, and and I, I can't say that about every record I've been mm-hmm. a part of. So that's, it's pretty cool. And a lot of that is Dave Trump for you, mm-hmm. but a lot of that is us just being locked down and having no preconceived notions at all. We weren't trying to get a hit single. We weren't trying to, I mean, we weren't even sure if we were going to get a record. Actually, you're going to have a pop it here. Like, you know, a lot of times <laughs> Ken and I would be going on a, a certain like arrangement and Rob would just go, no. <laughs> no. And, and we're like, I love that though. It's like that brotherly love where you yeah, just gotta like tell it like I, it is. And he's like, yeah. why are you guys doing that? Like you're ruining the song. Like, why don't you? And so we have a, uh, that song Sleep, which for me is like in a very bizarre arrangement. But I'm just like, Rob knows things. So I'm gonna let him, let him do it, his thing. And, it, that, and I like the song, but I would never have done it that way, you know? But he's like, there's four choruses. That's weird, you know, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what it wants, you know? So, Rob, I love that you were like, no, stop. <laughs> and that happened more than once, but it was always good ideas. It was good. So, do, you, do you vouch for that? Do you absolutely. Think okay. Yeah. All and right, Rob, Rob. And Rob, we trust. Yeah. And Rob, yeah. we trust. He knows I things that. that we don't know. You know, it's that we're, we all know things that each other don't know. Oh. And that's what makes it cool is, is really like, and there's just that, that openness where, you know, we get along. So yeah. nobody's being, you know, criti- critiqued or yeah, like that's no, no cross looks well, across the room. Well, you guys have a history or, together. Like I said, it's like that brotherly love. And I'm sure during this process, it brought up so many memories and, you know, reinvigorated just like, you know, the passion that's, even though the band wasn't together with hiatus, the passion and the connection, the friendship was always there. So it's beautiful that it got to be reignited. I want to learn more about each one of you as far as music, you know, like, Growing up, what did you listen to, and at what point did you know that you wanted to do to make music yourself? <laughs> I, I just no, had a therapy you. session. After you guys you. start over there. Yeah. You start. No, why you're from you? Canada. You have to start. No. You're, fur- you're further north. <laughs> Where do you? We're start? going from the north down like to the hockey, south. Hockey jock jams. <laughs> okay, yeah. so is it, okay. So I want to hear the the Toronto no, Canadian know. aspect. I don't Martha know. and the muffins and all that stuff. No, but like wait, wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I grew up in a household of music, and I think because my mom. At the time, was a costume designer for Dolly Parton and Emmylou Harris, and you know we were. She had a friendship with a uh, producer Brian Ahern and Bob Ezrin, um, and I just remember playing her LPs. You know, it's like Boss Gags and uh, Randy Newman, and what else was it? I mean, all of the kind of seventies rock. How old was in there? Well, when I was going through the rec- LPs, like. Eight, nine, ten. Just discovering what, what an LP yeah, is and like, holding yeah. it and looking at it. And the liner. Yeah, a lot yeah. of times yeah, sitting yeah. on the floor with your legs out and going, what's doing, doing it right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then playing the record player, playing the music. Um, yeah, and I had a I had a record player pretty young. So, of course, the Beatles. But uh, yeah. Revolver, Abbey Road. And, so you grew up with like the Beatles and all that. And then yeah, when did you decide like, you wanted to, to play? Well, I, when I was, I always listened to the bass, bass lines. I mean, the world changed. I had a a girlfriend at the time who'd kind of changed my life musically. Uh, shout out. Um, and so she introduced me to like Joy Division and I'd heard the Ramones, but it was like Joy Division and um, uh, New Order. Yeah, New Order. Yeah. And what else was in there? I'm just trying to think of. Um, I remember you telling me Cat Stevens at one point. Oh yeah, Cat Stevens was during the the 
eight, you're nine, no, you're nine year eight old. Eight and nine yeah. year old. Okay. But um, yeah. So I I'm a, uh I went to the Guitar Center on Sunset Boulevard when I was 22 years old, and I got an Ibanez white bass with a rosewood neck and took it home, and started. That's awesome. Doing that. Yeah. That's cool. So, I just wanted to learn how to play. And I had done the same thing with riding motorcycles. I'd always wanted to ride motorcycles. And so anyway, I learned. And so it was kind of like, I have no idea, but I wanted to learn how to play bass. And so I went and got it. That's really cool. So was Peter Hook someone you looked up to? Yeah. So yeah. that's, um, yeah, Joy Division I all bet. day. I mean, just, yeah, the the riffs, the, you know, playing chords. And um, yeah, so that. His playing style and the way that he fit into a song um, was probably the most impactful kind of way that I play. That's cool. Yeah, because yeah. he, he treats the bass like a lead instrument, like, it, like it's the main event. It's pretty cool. I guess that probably is born too because I was by myself, right? 22, 23, 24, and then, you know, you're just playing, so you end up playing chord. You know, you're not going to mm-hmm. go. When you're by yourself, you're not like, don't. Well, actually, you are kind of. You're kind of. a little but, weed. Yeah. Right. You're 23. Totally. You're yeah. by yourself. That's our next song, right? It's there. so good. There you go, guys. Yeah. You're writing music right here. Yeah. Although Peter like, Hook dabbled in vocals, though, too. Is that something that you might. No, you don't want that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. That's funny. There are, there, are so, there are songs on the internet that people are claiming are dog star songs that Keanu's singing, and it's not true. I just want to get that <laughs> yeah. out there. Damn AI. There's some song called Rain. There's another song, and it, it just keeps coming up on the internet like Keanu's singing. I'm like, I finally asked him like a year ago, like, is this you? Nope. It's not me, but it won't die. It's just, it's in, people are insisting. Well, anyway, this will so be that. your first iteration of having streaming because your last album, of course, was before all of this. So, dog star music will finally. Beyond streaming platforms, I'm assuming. Yes, hopefully. That's the yeah. idea. <laughs> it was on before, but it was removed. I know, because I looked for it. Yeah, and I was like, okay. Yeah, I won't mention what happened, but okay. let's, let's talk about your ret- musical <laughs> journey. <laughs> let's, let's talk okay. about the ring, Ringo. Right. Now, now, are you going to take your music from playing piano or and doing shows like the way that you were doing you know entertaining I, I, or are you going to tell your drum story i, I think yeah. it, or which one we need to, to know rob a lot of it is similar to keanu's because i had older sisters you know and and so i would get those records that that they would buy and then and then uh, my dad was in a distributor of um wholesale distributor of all sorts of things like zenith so we always had you know, record players and speakers and stuff. So we always had the gear because that's, that's awesome. what we sold in New England. So, you know, for me, you know, <laughs> it just goes down to, you know, my age. So the first thing as a young person, you know, of my age, you remember is clearly the Ed Sullivan show. And it's like the Beatles. And then, yeah. and then everyone's, the whole world just changed, just like it just changed. So I was very young, but I heard them. And then, of course, as a young kid, we get, on, in America, the monkeys. Yeah. So you're, you're growing up on TV and you're seeing this, you know, Davy Jones and Mickey Dawn, you're seeing this, this sort of, you know, fictitious thing on television. And I was just obsessed with Mickey Dawn's and his drums, you know? And I just, so, but then, but then I started listening to all the Beatle records, you know, all of them, like Rubber Soul, Revolver, the White yeah. Album, you know, Abbey Road, and then Charlie Watts and the Stones, and then all the records my sisters were handing down for me. So I just became obsessed with everything British because yeah. that's all I knew. Nothing really American. For me, it was just all England all the time. Mm-hmm. I, England could do no wrong, you know? So then as I got older, I sort of drifted like into the same thing where Kiana was talking about was sort of post-punk sort of um, that sort of scene like the Smiths and the Cure and the Joy Division and New Order and the Clash and the Jam and I love Paul Weller and and I just and I loved all that sort of sound coming out of Manchester Mm -hmm. you know that sort of Northern England sound and it's funny because they were probably all those bands I'm talking about were probably influenced by American sort of you know. They could be American blues artists. They, yeah. Who knows who they were listening to when they were younger, if they're older than me. But somehow the twist that they did, the sort of the that the British, the, those bands, just the way they just twisted things into something completely cooler. Uh, 
Yeah, it they just sort of it still resonated do. with it's me. Still, yeah, yeah, and I think I was it's reading, still amazing. Even when I yeah. listen to Blondie, which is an American band, right? I listen to Clem Burke playing drums. And I'm thinking, he, I thought he was from England, you know, yeah. just the way he was attacking things. And I'm thinking, so he must. I feel like those guys, you know, that whole CBGB yes. era, era too. And then you know, as you get older, you just start listening to all different styles of music. But for me, when did you buy your first drum kit? Okay, so I. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Okay. Now that we have the history of music. I know, I'm sorry about that. What? Was no, but it was the Sex Pistols and the Marcoles happening in two different continents. When did you buy yeah. your first yeah. kit? So, yeah. I, so piano, I'm a piano player, so I started on piano, so I got that out of my system. And then I was in college, bored and to death, and um, this guy across the hall had a drum set. He's like, hey, you can play at a time, give me the keys. So I started banging on things there. And then when I met Keanu, um, in the 90s. In the 90s. Early 90s. I met him. Was this in the supermarket? Is yes. that a true story? That's how this, you met and you were wearing the hockey jersey. Is this true? Yeah. yeah. I was wearing. Let's hear it. I was wearing a brawn panties. No, I was wearing. <laughs> Detroit. I was wearing a Detroit Red Wings hockey thing. I don't know why. Um, and yeah, we just met that way. And he's like, do you play hockey? And I was like, yeah, I do. And we, we ended up doing hockey together. So he had a house up in. Beachwood Canyon, I can say that now because you don't live there anymore. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> right out of the Hollywood sign. And um, when I went to over his home, there was, he had a garage and there was a drum set already there. It was his uh, friend Mike's, a great guy. And so we started, I started banging on that and moved away from the, the piano. Got it. And then we started making noise in that garage. And then I went out and got my first drum set at the guitar center in Hollywood, the same place. Oh, that's cool. This guy Watts took me over there. What? Shout a, out Watts. Yeah, 19, <laughs> 1991 DW drum set, which I still have. It's the only drum set I've ever played, except for some Ludwig snares, and just learned in that garage how to play drums at a, the ripe old age of 26 or something. So That's awesome. Late, late to the game. So Brent? Keanu was a little bit of a catalyst for your oh, no, drum playing. Oh, no, he was the catalyst. Yeah. He was the catalyst because I was off in piano land, you know, playing parties and doing keyboards. And and it, and then I just wanted to hit things. Yeah. And I wanted to, I just wanted to, that something else. Like, I'm also attracted to the bass. Yeah. But I couldn't, I didn't have the, I feel like I had the right, you know, skill Groove. for it. So <laughs> being so obsessed with Ringo Starr and all that stuff yeah. and that kind of moment, I thought, I just felt really attracted to the drums at that time. Yeah. And I just, that was it for me. I just, I just never looked back. Brett. Brett. Well, Let's do it together. Ready? Brett. Brett. Better be good. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to not go all the way back. Cause I go all the way. I, I grew up in a household that the radio was on 24 hours a day. So even when we slept, when we were awake, it was just, my mom was, was, all music all the Aww. time. She could play any, you can hand her this thing and she'd figure out how to make no music out of it. Oh, my kind of girl. Unbelievably. Yeah. She that. could play anything except my guitar. Actually, oddly oh. enough, she, she plays ukulele and she doesn't That's understand badass. the transition to the guitar. Just, there isn't really a, anyway. So, uh, always music being, you know, and, and it was always songwriter stuff mm -hmm. that she was listening to. So I just absorbed all the cat Stevens and the Elton John and the, um, all of the the great the greats from Neil Diamond, know, Neil Diamond, John Denver, like all this stuff was just coming, and I, you know, unconsciously think I absorbed song structure from that. You know, I had yeah. no idea. How, I wouldn't write my first song until I was seventeen. But um, when I was seventeen, yeah, I just it was just <laughs> in, you know in there. I love that. But for me, it was um, I blame MTV. Yes, I, I guess we got. You know, the big day in our house was we got cable, mm -hmm. you know, and MTV, my, my friend across the street had it. And, and I was like, mom, we got to get it. We, I don't care. Well, I'll work an extra paper route, whatever I got to do, got to get MTV. And so I, the first song, I'll, I remember like it was yesterday. I turned was on Duran Duran. We had a black and white TV and I turned it on. It was U2 <laughs> Gloria. So good. And she had the no, that's no, the, no, it's the, okay. Yeah, and and that song was it's just like so haunting and so haunting. intense. And then the images of them being on the barge in Dublin and all that. And I just remember thinking, like, I was eleven, and I remember thinking, this is what I'm gonna do. Oh. Not this is what I want to do. This is what I'm gonna do, no matter what. 
That's pretty barge. lofty for an eleven-year-old. Be on a barge in he Dublin. Worked, he worked on a barge for ten years. I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to Dublin. Irish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I poured Guinness for people. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to be. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to wear those clothes. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, just be accepted in a group. Like, you know, I was a little overweight kid, so I had some problems that that overweight kids tend to have with, you know, bullying and mm. whatever, and. So for me, that was like the promised land it was like, if I could get there in that world, not only could I see the world, but I would be like, you know, there would be like uh, an acceptance in a, you know, it's kind of, kind of sad now that I say it looking back, but it was kind Aww. of part of why, why I work so hard at it. And then getting in a band in high school and, and seeing the immediate. Wait, wait, wait. Where did you get the guitar? <laughs> oh, the first guitar. <laughs> um... Keanu. I believe the first guitar it's a new was, show. It's be Keanu and I skipped to yeah. high school. I got to back it up. Um, so the first guitar <laughs> I, I got from mom, it was a Les Paul copy. I think it was 99 bucks, which, you know, back then was, was a lot for, you know, some, and so it was cool. I wish I still had it actually, but um, I didn't understand that it, it didn't, it wasn't, I didn't understand you needed a chord and an amplifier to make it sound like, so I always thought I'm, I got an electric guitar and I hit it for the first time. I was like, this doesn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand that you needed to, has to be electric. buy more stuff, and, yeah. you know, like plug it in. And, and then I eventually, you know, <clears throat> spent all my paper out money on effects pedals and the whole thing. But yeah, the first <laughs> time I did it, I was disappointed. Like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And then I learned that, that, yeah, there's a whole process of yeah. ele- electric stuff that has to happen. Um, and then that became, yeah, every chance I get, I want a different guitar. I want to, you know, I started collecting. Became like a gearhead. Kind of, you know, the, the cheapy stuff because that's all, yeah. I could, all I could afford back then was, um, you know, again, all those guitars I've sold and gone. But, you know, it, it just became like, it became like an obsession. It wasn't like, oh, look how little Brett's got a little passion. It was like, I was like locked in. Like this is happening. Yeah. We were looking for a name and I was reading a Henry Miller book. I think it was Sexist or something, Henry Miller. Yeah, Henry Miller book. And and I just was, it just was in the sentence, you know, and I just That's brought cool. that in. I was like, what about Dog Star? I just thought it was an interesting name. And I'm really, all right. It's a great name. It's kind of like the titles that Brett was telling about, like, you know, we just sort of things that sort of pop up, like the arrangement of words. I mean. It's interesting. Dog Star is a great name. Yeah. It's no wild stallions, but we'll take it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, okay. March 19th, 1992. Dog Star plays Raji's in Hollywood. Yes, nice. I This is that. a big deal. And I want to hear about it because Raji's, I've never been there. I, I was too young for it. But I remember like... On the Nirvana seven-inch single of Sliver, it's like Kurt Cobain with Raji's in the background. I would just always hear stories. Tom Morello's talked about stories seeing Tool or Jane's Addiction. And tell me about what that club was like and what the culture was like at that time. Was, was Raji's after Cosmos or was Cosmos? I think it was before Raji's first. I think it was first. Yeah. Or if it wasn't first, it was second. It was right around yeah, that time. Sure. There, was a, there, was a, there was a hotel that we played in in the back bar. Yeah, but that was right. Yeah, was that Raji? That was there. Really? That's cool. Wait, was that Raji? No, 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 no. no. The Raji's one was interesting because yeah, we were really we played there. This was your the debut show. Apparently, was at Raji's. Yeah, it was mostly just friends in the audience. Right. God, and um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because there was forgiveness there. (laughs) (laughs) The band that opened up for us. (laughs) You ready for this one? Yeah. Weezer. Weezer. Okay. And they were already yeah. good. That's the thing that drives me crazy. I was like, this, these guys were already good. Like they, I don't know where they were woodshedding. They spent more time in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, to me, they, you know, it was very raw sounding, but they were just, they were just They already- came up with their name that day because they had called Raji's, Rivers Cuomo called to try to get any gig. And they were like, oh, actually you can come tonight. And they had to quickly come up with that name. And Are they played with me? you guys. They got, they got that name from watching your sound check. <laughs> <laughs> Which way horses? I don't know. Listen wow, to this band. They're kind of wheezing. They're kind of wheezing. Weren't you both in speed together? Yeah. Yes. Which is amazing. When I made that connection, I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. 
That was 95 or 6. What button did you push? That's right. That was the line. Did you guys work together at all during that? Yeah, he helped me out of the elevator. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) and it was dangerous. And he's been lending a helping hand ever since. It looked dangerous. (laughs) They built this elevator shaft inside of the studio on the Fox lot, and it was like, ropes and pulleys and they'd let it go like this and then the and then we had to get out of this hole and i'm thinking if that thing goes down while someone's in there they're just they're dead they're cut in half and there was a point where it was a little shaky and i remember you got really you got upset you were so concerned you so he's such a nice person and he was so concerned about the other actors that were in there you know not just me but he saw something that was like maybe not quite kosher like this could go wrong it didn't yeah and, and he saw that before and maybe that maybe something they made an adjustment i remember that i'll never forget that Aww. you were walking back and forth and you were just like i don't know and and um so when you see us in the elevator we're really frightened you're genuinely <laughs> scared that's not acting i'm like i don't want to go through that hole <laughs> what if that fucking thing just comes down and so you can see everyone in there just like Ur, and it looks great and uh, everybody was safe and it was very it was a lovely time and uh yeah. Yeah. He was kind of was great in that movie. So Dogstar went on to tour. You opened for David Bowie, Bon Jovi. The Bowie yeah. thing was interesting That's because what I wanted he to, was yeah. on tour with Nine Inch Nails and they were doing whoever I'm if, afraid of Americans. Yeah, if you were if if they were doing a thing together where it was like Nine Inch Nails would start open up and then Bowie's band would blend in with them and they would blend together. <laughs> so and cool. then Nine Inch Nails would sort of peel off and it was just Bowie. And uh, if you ever seen Nine Inch Nails in concerts, one yes. of the greatest concerts you'll ever, ever see. I mean, agreed. They're beyond good. Yeah. Um. So I remember that it was Halloween, and he, I guess he had some days off, and he wanted to do a small club show. I guess the, the Palladium. And I remember I was playing hockey. I was skating. Not and, a small club. Yeah. This is before <laughs> cell phones. Actually, that's like, Palladium is not a small club. This was before <laughs> cell phones. You yeah. Know? And I remember going to the payphone at the Burbank Pickwick hockey rink to check the, you know, your, remember that maybe you had to check your messages, like you'd check your of machine course, or whatever yeah. for those, for those. Yeah. Anyway, so I did that and I, it was a message from our then manager or a friend that was helping us out. And she's like, um, David Bowie <laughs> uh, would like for you to open up for him, David Bowie. And I was like, who the fuck is David Bowie? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I was like, there's no way it's David Bowie. And she was pronouncing his name funny. Um, and I was like, I thought it was a crank call. I honestly thought it was just a crank call. So I didn't even call back. And then, and then I finally did. She kept calling, calling. And she's like, no, this is like a real thing. So we were, we all, we freaked out and we went there and he was, oh my God, he was so gracious. We were doing a sound check and we were, we were really, I don't know, once again, the exuberance of youth that Keanu always says when we were, we, we were doing like a comfortably numb cover. We were like doing like a Carpenter's. We did a Carol King. Carol King. You did a Carpenter's cover? No, we did a Carol King. King. Oh. So far away. So teased far away. me there. So we were doing all this crazy stuff and they gave us a time slot. And I remember David Bowie was watching our sound check and he was sitting in the side like this, oh smoking this cigarette like this. And he's like, and he goes, um, would you like me to hold the doors for you a bit longer? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and we said that and oh I'm thinking it's like wait do we need to rehearse more or is he just being really nice and he's like oh, I don't love it he's like you're not it. quite there yet you know, you know no, he, he, he was oh just so sweet God. yeah yeah and he's just like oh, it was so he was in the so typical nice. dog star fashion of jumping in the deep end <laughs> with our yeah. clothes on like, well, let's do it. You know, like, uh, let's play Bottle Rock for the first show back. And <laughs> what could go wrong? Let's just do it. Like, that, that's what we did. That's and what we, we always do. we were at that show. Like, we weren't built on that show. And so, no one, when we came on to do that set, all these Bowie fans were there. And, you know, immediately it was, it was nice. The reception was very good. And then it's sort of like halfway through, they kind of figured out what was going on. And they were like, and uh but it it worked out really well that was one of the shows that actually we did okay with and i was really pleased with and uh how incredible it was, yeah he's all our hero every i mean david Bowie's, to me it's like there's like john lennon david bowie, yeah, david bowie. it's yeah. like the top of the pyramid that's it of, it's the otherworldly over the years you guys have remained friends and you know what do you think it is about your connection you know do you think that it's like a, a, a brotherly love is it it's a, a friendship it's it's a yeah sex. well that that's <laughs> a given a that's a given we knew that already yeah uh um I, 
Yeah, he's like they're. I, I mean, think. I think family member. Th- yeah, this time around, it feels like there's a brotherly thing happening for sure. You know, um, there's it's just a, a fa- yeah, it feels like a family. I, I I don't know if that's brothers or uncles right. or whatever you want to call it, but it's just definitely a. I don't know. It's just it's fun. Wonderful. It's just fun, you know. And we're kind of like, as long as it's fun, we'll hang out and do it's it. Awesome. You know? Yeah. None of us, you know, we all have sisters, and none of us have brothers in our families. Aww. You know. Oh, I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, and you know, we have somewhat similar, you know, stories to tell about our youth. But yeah, I think a lot of it is just um, is friendship for me, anyway. It's, but it's also, you know, you know, I've been in a ton of bands over the years growing up you know, in the Bay Area and playing in so many different, you know, whether it's a cover band or a punk band or whatever I was doing at the time. And it's not easy to find people you like and make music with them. You know, people, the personalities, right? It's, yeah. it's not easy to find friends. You got your friends and you count them on one hand, right? And then, then it's the rest of the people you know. Yeah. But you're Being real, you're real like people. It, it is. Yeah. It but, is. but it's really hard to, to be in a, in a creative environment and you have to be comfortable to do it right. You know, you have to feel like non-threatened and I, I'm bringing this idea and I hope no one makes fun of me or, you know, does, you know, and so. Or and say, so, no, that <laughs> sucks. Stop I mean, right you know, there. You know, the arrangements are one thing. <laughs> I never you know. say that. I never say the S word. You just say, stop right there. <laughs> but I think that's probably for me what makes this band, you know, makes me want to show up to, to write and rehearse and record with these guys is that I enjoy them as people Aww. and it's in a lot of the bands I did not enjoy those people. Right. So not to go <laughs> negative, but you know, you, you search high and low and then you weave your path and hopefully you land in a good spot. You know, so. Well, this is special. That's beautiful guys. Timeline wise, how, how are we going to balance everything? Um, I know you have like a million movies on the horizon. How, how are we going to make sure we get our dog star time? We're, we're, we want to we want to play. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Wanna play. Let's bring back Raji's. We want to yeah. play, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I organized the entire room. strike so he can be available. That's <laughs> <laughs> all my doing, right. and uh, it's so very annoying. selfish of me. But I'm, uh, no, we want to no, play. We want to yeah. play. We we you know. There's this time for everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's think, exciting. Yeah, I mean, we we got some really amazing folks we got some really amazing management and and wonderful team around us to help do the most and the best we can and uh and we just we want to play we want to play awesome. live we want to make more music and he's the riff master he keeps coming up and, with all these uh, new so verses great. so you know we can't i do want to do everything i mean i want to you know i love acting and i, I you know my life yeah and but i love music i love playing in this band and playing with you guys Aww. love you, I love you love music you guys and, well it's no like, i mean like, i like you gotta have a good day you know <laughs> <laughs> and, it's like, and we want to rock man. we want to <laughs> rock just we want to rock that's awesome you know really quickly deep cuts rapid fire ready oh no. do you want to do it like in a circle or you want to just shout it out let's shout it okay. out okay Name a song, album, or artist that changed your life. Uh, Level Terrace Apart. Joy Division. <sighs> so good. You two, Unforgettable Fire. Oh, I mm. love that album. David Bowie changes. Well done, guys. First concert. My first concert was Yes opening up for Chicago at the Yale Bowl. I'm really old. Alice Cooper, <laughs> welcome to my nightmare. Oh, man. <laughs> These are your first real that's legitimate impressive. concerts? That's well, my impressive. mom knew Bob Ezra. Well, I mean, that's the I first mean, time you guys wins. ever. Because, see, mine was like. I, what was I it? I almost want to like tell you my second concert. Okay. My first one was. How about your first favorite show? No, no. No, the first first, first, legit first, concert. first, oh, my God, concert was uh, Thompson Twins with Flock of Seagulls opening, <sighs> Oakland Ooh, Coliseum. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Wait, can I shout out to the Ramones being like yeah. 17 at the Salty, what is it, the Salty Dog yeah. in Buffalo, taking the first car, yes. driving with some friends and seeing the Ramones. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yes. that's yes. I saw hearing damage from when I saw the Ramones in the 80s, 90s, that's whatever incredible. it was. Yeah. That's amazing. It was, it was way too close to the amps. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, got to see, I got to see Bad Company. Oh, that's amazing yeah. too. It was yeah. worth the permanent damage that was worth it. Is, it is certainly, yeah. yes. What's a song you wish you wrote? 
the national anthem. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Love will tear us apart. Yeah, another one, another one. Another one. Yeah, I agree. And it's such a great song. Um, oh, my God. Um, anything by Harry Nielsen. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. That's a good one. That's a good one. God, I mean. Last Train to Clarksville. Okay, okay. Pick today. Pick, like as a songwriter, like that, that kid who was like listening to the radio and listening to songwriters. What that's song right. where you're like, ah, oh, that's. Um, American Girl by Tom Petty. No, it would be my first record I ever got would have been Glass Houses by Billy Joel. Oh, that's a good one. Mom gave it to me in a pizza box, so I didn't know what it was until I opened it. And that's it was sweet. an actual and you ate it. Your mom sounds really cool. No, my mom's amazingly cool. Your mom sounds amazing. Uh, I don't think this song was on that album, but um, She's Got Away. Oh, yeah. That, that is song a great song. One of the first songs where I was like, my heart got tugged. Oh, that's a great song. I was like, you can do that in music? I haven't thought about that song in a while, so thank you for bringing it up. That's yeah. a magical song. Favorite movie? Oh, with music? Just anything oh, that comes okay, to that's mind. A, that's a nice little That's a good one. I like that, that angle. This is podcast. I mean, I, I, okay. Harold and Maude, the Cat Stevens soundtrack to Harold and Maude. Good one. That's a that really incredible co- combination. Perfect fusion, yeah. Of... Of music and filmmaking, the Hal Ashby, that for me, that's Harold and Maude with the Cat Stevens soundtrack. I don't know. Classic. Let's just, tomorrow I might have another answer. But. Against All Odds, Jeff Bridges. Right. You're out of the band. <laughs> <laughs> great, great music, great locations, Mexico, just great everything in that. Great car chases on Sunset yeah. Boulevard. No pressure. Uh, uh, let's move on. You okay. can say hair. You can say hair. Oh, <laughs> hair's really good. Hair and is good. Treat. Yeah. Oh, hair. Okay. <laughs> Favorite meal or cuisine? Mm, Mexican food. Oh, are we going to piss off all the vegans? You do you. Vegan Mexican. <laughs> How about uh, some good cereal? Ice cold milk. <laughs> Like cherry sidewalk. What cereal? cereal? What cereal like, though? Rob and I were talking kind? yesterday. We could eat Mexican food every day. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like the, yeah. the most colorful. You can so many different ways to do it. And it's I mean, I like it, but you would pick. You would pick. Okay, I'm not. I like Northern Basque Spanish food, but uh, if I have to pick, yeah, that's what I like. But I like beef bourguignon. Julia Child's beef bourguignon. Great. Come on. Great. Rob's quite the chef. Are you? Yes. Oh, Which is wow. another reason this record got made because <laughs> I was living at his house and I was like, I'm not leaving. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know here. that, Rob. Legitimate. Yeah. Legitimate. Like, wow. like real pots Legitimate. <laughs> Rob, Legitimate. I can't wait to try your cooking. I will cook. I'm anything. trying to get him to make a cookbook. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Let's do anything. it. Yeah. If well, you're make vegetarian, sure to, no problem. Make sure to include Cano's favorite cereal. Yes. Still has I will not just named. put Captain Crunch. Who doesn't on, want like, Oh, I love cereal. Morning, noon, I night. It, I had it last night. Morning, noon, night. I just night. had it. You're a yeah. night cereal person. I'm an any oh, time the, of day come cereal on, Jerry person. Seinfeld. You eat dinner and then two hours okay, later not? you're hungry. Cereal you're like, can be done at any time. Come on. Anytime. And there's so many options. Yeah, yeah. I had cereal this morning. It's all I've yeah, had. It's, it's great. I, I was lucky enough to do a Seinfeld episode. And when I got to the set, he had like 45 boxes of cereal lined up back. He's apparently obsessed with cereal like Brett wow. Smith. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on with the cereal? And he's like, oh, he's like, help yourself. Help yourself. <laughs> it's for everybody. It's for the cereals for you. It's for everybody. It's so um, good. And, 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 and all week long, I was like eating every day. I couldn't wait to come in to try like a different. That's amazing. Yeah. See? If you could meet any musician dead or alive, who would it be? Bono for me. I, I keep going back to the Yeah, I'm with YouTube you. Theme, I, I support your I, love of I you I almost too. met him. He almost crashed into me. Really? In Hollywood, yeah. And there's screeching tires behind me. And I looked up and he was like, sorry. Oh my God. I was like, why didn't you just hit me? You should have just why let him just... crash into you. Yeah, it would have been the best. Yeah, I do love him. So wait, wait, what's your answer? John Coltrane. Oh, that oh was my... that's a good one. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. Probably be like a very short conversation, but it would be cool just to say hi. <sighs> Shake that man's hand. That's amazing. All right, Rob, that's a hard act to follow. John Lennon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Man, that's yeah, a, that's okay. kind of a good answer. It These is. are good. Well, yeah, the that's truth. the mic drop. The truth. Yeah. That's I it. Mean, I think we should go. probably end it right <laughs> there because Lennon. it's not going to get better than those three choices. Oh. Bono, John Coltrane, and John Lennon. Done. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. I yes. love thank this so album. Much. I'm so psyched for this chapter of Dog Star. I'm so glad I was at the first show and I want to be at as many as I can attend. So oh, we're you. always going to be thank on the you. list. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for allowing me part of this next era of Dog Star. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs>
I had the best time hanging out with Dogstar, and I also got to see them at their L.A. show this week at the Roxy. It was such a great show, and Alex Winter was also there, who, of course, was Keanu's co-star in Bill and Ted's, and I really had to hold myself back from rattling off a number of quotes from the movie. But Alex and Keanu are both so cool and gracious, as are Rob and Brett and Dogstar, great people all around. It is now time for my sound advice, new music you need to know on the Alison Hagendorf Show playlist. We are kicking off this week with the new song from our guests, Dogstar. This is their first song in decades, and I was lucky enough to see its debut live at Ballarock and then again this week at the Roxy. The band just announced an album is on the horizon as well as a tour. Check out the latest from Dogstar, Everything Turns Around. Next is the band Lovejoy from Brighton. And I often say that there is something in the water there because I pretty much love every single band out of Brighton. The Kooks, Royal Blood, Yannicka, Architects, Black Honey, and now Lovejoy. They recently put out their third EP, Wake Up, and it's over. Check out the opening song, Portrait of a Blank Slate. Also on my sound advice is the latest from Ava Maybe. Ava has musical talent in her blood. She is the daughter of Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith, but she is completely forging her own path as a musician. She cites Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse, Sam Cooke, and Leon Bridges as influences and was recently on tour with Lovely the Band. Check out her latest song, Limerence. That's my sound advice this week. You can hear all of these plus more on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist, which you can find wherever you listen to music. Thank you so much for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch the show on Instagram and YouTube. I would love to hear from you. So please like, comment, rate, review, whatever you're feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I would love to connect with you. Let me know who I should interview next and what new music I should feature on my sound advice. Thanks again. I'll see you next week. And remember, you're a rock star.